Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 122 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Ping Skills answers your table tennis questions. Today, we discuss if shadow training is helpful, what things you should focus on when you are new to table tennis, whether you should find a club or play a tournament first, and we talk about the follow-through when serving. I'm Kevin and as always, Supercoach Alloys Rosario is with me. Welcome, Alloys. Good evening, Jeffrey. How are you all this evening? We haven't seen you for a few days. Yep, it's been a couple of days, hasn't it? But we're back and we've got a great show lined up for everybody. Yes. And how have you been, Alois? Been uh, busy? Yeah, going, going, yeah, going well. Just still recovering after the world, you know, and, uh, and uh, just loving, just loving uh, going back and watching some of those matches. Um, but uh, yeah, all going, all going well. And every, everyone's talking, still talking about the point of the century, Jeff. They certainly are. It's uh, made a lot of new sites here, which is um, not usual for table tennis. So um, it's great to see um, some actual table tennis play getting some news time here. Yes, I think the last the last time that uh, table tennis got news uh, news time here was when uh, Zhang Zikou was. Kicking down barriers, so this is this is definitely nicer. It certainly is. And that time, um, all they wanted to show was Zhang Jike kicking the barriers. They didn't actually show any table tennis points. So at least this time, people got to see you know how great this sport can be. And I mean, what a rally it was! Yeah, we'll be talking about it for a while. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, indeed. All right. Well, let's um, have a look at. The last Ping Skillers question of the day, which was, should we continue to have the Ping Skillers question of the day? What sort of response yeah. did you get to this, Alois? Yeah, so uh, the responses were pretty positive, Jeff. I'll um, just go into some uh, some responses that we got. So Dita was uh, was pretty um, complimentary and uh, said you should keep it. Um, but um, yeah, so and and but he also did talk about what we should do is also go back and talk about people's responses, which I think we don't do enough. And so, Dita, we're doing it now. Thank you for the or the suggestion or just the refresher of just things that we should be doing. Um, yeah, so so that was that was good by Dita um, and Niranjan also uh, talked about uh, talked about the show as well, and uh, I think we need to keep. the the ping skillers question of the day. Um, so yeah, so some positive uh, feedback about uh, keeping keeping the ping skillers question of the day. Excellent, very good. Well, that moves us on, allies, to the ping skillers question of the day, which we have kept. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the one today is: Should we continue to call the show the Ask the Coach Show, or should we use another name? Now, because we've sort of been adding different segments and the show's changed a little bit from when we first started, we thought, should we rename the show or should we just stick with Ask the Coach? So we'd love to hear your thoughts. Go to pingskills.com, click on the blog link and leave your comment on, uh, on the show there. We'd love to hear your thoughts. All right, Alois, that brings us up to the questions. And um, first up, we've got a question from Arthur. And Arthur says, good day, great show as always. I would like to know if shadow training will improve my strokes. If it will, how much time will I spend? Thank you again, Arthur from Saudi Arabia. 
Yes, uh, yeah, thanks, Arthur. So Arthur's j- jumped on um, and and asked the question. Um, shadow plays can be shadow play can be really useful. So what shadow play is is basically you don't use the ball and you don't use a table necessarily, and you just go out there and you practice your strokes and what your strokes uh, should look like. You know, it might be the push or it could even be footwork movements. You're doing the footwork movements uh, without the ball or without hitting the ball. So it can be good because instead of focusing on uh, what the ball's doing and, you know, whether you're, you're hitting the ball on or off the table, you do tend to focus a little bit more just on your movement or on the stroke. So, yes, it can can be useful. I mean, how long do you do it for? I think it's good if you just do it for short um, periods of time um, during the day and maybe even just during your training or before your training, you might do a little bit of shadow play as well. Um, it can be a good warm-up routine too. So instead of um, doing um, just jogging around or that sort of thing, is to just get there and play, you know, 50, 50 forehand strokes, um, 50 backhand strokes and just uh, try to get the – the, the stroke correct. Um, I know uh, we used to do that a little bit and, and do it as part of our fitness training, you know, so so go there and try and do 50 forehands as fast as you can and then 50 backhands as fast as you can. So can, it can be useful. Yeah, interesting, Alice. I remember when I first started playing and I wasn't training that much and I probably didn't have access to train an awful lot, I'd probably do shadow play more often. Um and I guess, you know, sometimes I do structured shadow play and sometimes I guess you're just imagining playing and you just start doing some shadow play. But then I think once I started training more, I think I didn't really do shadow play as much because I think I was training more on the table. I mean, is that something I should have still been doing more shadow play or, or is training on the table better or, or what are your thoughts yeah. there? I, I, th- I think training on the table is definitely better. Um and I think in the developmental stage, perhaps uh, shadow play can be useful, you know. So when you're just trying to formulate um, your thoughts and ideas and also just getting the body to remember or groove some strokes, I think that that's where it can be really useful. You know, it's almost um, almost a little bit like um, Tai Chi. You know, in Tai Chi, uh, all the movements are slow and, and you, you just, you know, uh, going through the movements and and um, and trying to really set them in your mind. So so shadow play in that way can be useful, and and even just slow shadow play um, can really be useful as well. But as you say, you know, once you once you start training more, you probably don't need it as much. You know, just just because you're hitting table tennis ball enough, and and you've grooved your stroke um, in general. So yeah, early on, great. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks for the question, Arthur, and hopefully um, that answer from Alloys helps you out. All right. Um, Sorry, Jeff. Interesting, interesting, interesting little um, story about shadow play. Um, Richard Lee, who's a a great New Zealand uh, table tennis player and someone that you've actually interviewed, um, Jeff, um, I remember he was, uh, it was at an Olympic qualification tournament, um, the Oceana qualification tournament. And Richard Lee was just, a, he's a table tennis addict, you know, like he just loves table tennis. And he was sitting there on the bench in someone's corner, you know, coaching. And he's sitting there and he's doing some shadow play, you know. He's just sort of um, doing some doing some shots to himself. And the, the the umpire pulls out a yellow card and gives him a yellow card for coaching. So, uh, yeah, be careful if you shadow play. 
There you go. Uh, funny stuff. <laughs> well, um, maybe with the new rules that are coming in, soon he'll be allowed to um, coach, even though he wasn't really coaching between points. Yeah, yeah, and apparently you can do whatever you want. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Guys, have you, have, you had, have you had a look at this rule? Have you had a look at this rule about coaching um, in between points? I We've got, we've, got to, we've got to look at it a bit more, Jeff. I want to see some of the – go back go and have a look at some of the, um, the test event video um, from the German League. I want to see it. I want to see it in action. Maybe it works, but I'm not convinced yet. Yes, we'll have to see if we can find it in action. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the next question from Mike. Mike says, I am new to table tennis and there is lots to think about. What is the first thing I should work, I should work on – and keep in my conscious mind to make habit. Yeah, so I I think um, the strokes are really important. And um, and someone also mentioned, you know, don't forget don't forget the grip. So making sure that you've got your grip right um, is important. Get get that right to start off with, um, and then then starting to think about the strokes. The strokes that I like to start with are the forehand counter hit and the backhand counter hit. Um, so just developing the control of the ball and keeping the ball in play. So I think those two are probably the first for me. And then the push and then maybe the top spin against the backspin ball. Um, so if you go to our strokes and techniques section, we we lay out our lessons on strokes and techniques in relatively good order as far as, you know, things that you could or, or ways you can progress through, you know, starting with the grip and, and going through the strokes from there. So so go to our strokes and techniques page on uh, at pinkskills.com and take a look there and that's, that'll probably give you a really good rundown of an order of things that you can learn. Yeah, that, that's good advice, Alois. And the other thing with that, is um, Mike sort of asked, what should I keep in my conscious mind? And I guess, you know, would that be like the start and finish position of each stroke you're trying to learn? Yeah, I think I think so. I think, you know, the things that we focus on are the start and finish position. So if you can keep those in your conscious mind um, and then see how well you are doing that, you know, the start start position, you can't see Mike's hand, start position, finish position, um, and, and then things will start to get a little bit more automatic from there. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, thanks for the question, Mike. And hopefully that answer also helps you out. Next up, a question from Pavle, who says, I'm really interested in joining a club and entering a tournament, but it's difficult to find a club and join the same for finding a tournament to enter. So which should I do first? Should I find a club to join or find a tournament to enter? Um, my preference would be to find a club because um, by finding a club, you get really good contacts um, and you'll probably find a tournament through the club. So I reckon I reckon go down um, or, or go out there, try to find a club. You'll get some training partners. You'll get um, to see um, a bigger, broader base of table tennis. Um, and, you know, just joining a club and maybe perhaps playing some pennant or fixtures or, um, you know, weekly weekly league type of um, comp is is great for you as well. And I think the other thing just to mention is that you don't have to be at a certain level to join most clubs. So most clubs are designed for all levels of, of play. 
we often get questions um, and comments on the side about, oh, I want to, I'm going to join a club when I get better. And I think it's almost the wrong way around. I think you join a club to get better. So, um, so first up, go and join a club. You'll find some tournaments, see the bigger picture of uh, table tennis out there, and, and I think you'll really enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's right. And I think, as you said, you don't really get a lot better until you join a club. It just opens up your mind to what's possible. As you said, you get to see all the better players. You get to practice some more. And, you know, they will have competitions and tournaments to enter. So if you really do want to improve and you are serious about your table tennis, really try hard to find a club near you and, and get there as, you know, as much as you can. It, it will really make a big difference to your game. And, and Jeff, I think um, it, it, you're the case in point. So that's the thing that really sparked you on and got you um, going uh, with your table tennis, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. You know, I was just playing with friends and, you know, we didn't really know much about spin and, you know, we didn't realise, you know, how table tennis could be played. But as soon as you go to a club, you, your eyes are just opened up and you realise just, you know, how things, you start to see how things can work and you, you start to improve and you get better and you play more people and it just, yeah, it just snowballs. Yeah, so so there you go. You've got it from the expert, Jeff. Jeff went and joined the club, and that's the thing that really kicked him on with his game. So, yeah, do it. Indeed, indeed. Um, Gargavis has just jumped on our list and said, can you send a kiss and a hug for the Brazilian? (laughs) There (laughs) he is. There he is. And a big hug. Yes, indeed. Yep. Well, thanks for jumping on. And if you have any table tennis questions, just ask away. Anyone can um, ask us a table tennis question live on the show by going to our Google Plus page. And that's at um, plus.google.com slash plus ping skills. And there's a little Q&A app there. You just hit the Q&A button and you can type in your question and we'll answer it live on the show. So, um, yeah, we love it when people do that. It's always good to get some interaction. So Jeff, yeah, Jeff. So getting on and asking these questions, I reckon it's a little bit complex. But if anyone's got some tips or hints on how they have got on there, you know, so uh, Gargavis and uh, and certainly Brocky's been on there a few times. If they have some um, suggestions or just simple points that we can write down for people to get on and ask questions, that'd be really good to hear as well. Yeah, good point. Good point. Indeed. So, yeah, if you think there's an easy way to explain it for people, how they can do it, let us know. And um, everybody watching, make sure you check out pingskills.com, our website. We've got uh, lots of great videos there. You can sign up for our free newsletter where we send out our weekly tips um, to help you improve. Plus, you can also check out our premium membership. Um, We've got different options for premium membership. You can be a monthly member, quarterly, or a yearly member, and they have different advantages, which you can check out on the site. But the big thing about the premium membership is access to our premium videos. You can get access to our Serving Secrets course, our Receiving Secrets course, our 52-week training plan, Um, plus there's premium videos in the Strokes and Techniques section. Alloys, we just released a great one um, on the weekend on improving your reflexes. 
So um, a lot of benefit for becoming a premium member. So head to thingskills.com to check out how you can become a premium member. All right. Next question, Alois, is from Andrew. And Andrew says, I noticed a lot of top players, at the end of the contact, the bat is not moving or it is even moving backwards. For my heavy backspin serve, I have to really follow through with the bat and sometimes it'll even hit my stomach. So what's going on here, Alois? Why does it look like um, the bat's not moving or that when um, Andrew has to really follow through to get some heavy backspin? Yeah, so so Andrew, the, the, the key with, with serving and serving well is the snapping of the wrist. So so really coming coming through fast. So we, we talk a lot about you know the motion of the of the of the serve and the motion of the bat. And the real key then is to get that to come through as fast as you possibly can. And if I showed it to you in slow motion, it'd be that and kicking back. So you it's almost like you're flicking your wrist and then what happens is that you flick your wrist through and the tendons here sort of stretch and then come back. So it's bang. So that's why it looks like the bat is coming back um, backwards when um, when they're contacting the ball. They're act- it's actually snapping through really fast at the point of contact and then stopping and coming back. So... Um, so it's okay if it actually hits hits you. So I I often have bruises on my on my chest from um, from doing serves. So that's one way of it stopping as well, stopping a little bit quicker to come back. Um, so yeah, it's really it's quite natural when you start to really snap snap your wrist through. Um, it's going to snap through, stretch and recoil. So that's a really good action when you when you snapping uh, your wrist through for the, for the serve and, and it just helps you to get um, a faster contact on the ball, which helps you to really generate that spin. Yeah, interesting, Alois. And I, I think I've seen players also, when they snap back, kind of move their wrist around for some kind of deception as well. I mean, is that is that something people should try? Yeah, so um, yeah, so some fake movements are always good because you know it's, it's quite deceptive. So instead of just snapping back, so you can snap and you know put, push your push your elbow through or get your back to come through a different way. So why is that effective? It's only it's it's effective because it just gives the other person a different picture to look at. So if you see this, you know what type of ser- uh, spins on the ball. If you see this, then Suddenly, it's a different picture, and the brain takes you know that split second to process what's going on. So uh, that's why they they do those fake movements after after contacting the ball. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks for the question, Andrew. And that wraps up episode one hundred and twenty-two. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Um, but Jeff, yes, but Jeff, we didn't find out the significance of one hundred and twenty-two. You didn't find out the significance of 122. What am I doing, Alex? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, I thought thought all of this was just in your head, Jeffrey. Are you Googling us? Maybe not. I'm just trying to think up what is 
you know, 122. Um, Mate, guys, it looks a lot like he's on the Google machine. What do you think? 122 is not that great. Like, it does, it's not a prime number. It's an even number. Yeah. yeah. There's not that much about it, really. Really? 122. I reckon every show should be called Show 122 then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna find out an interesting thing about 123 for next show. Well, great, looking forward to Indeed. it. And uh, we we do have some mathematicians that watch the show. So if you guys have got anything interesting about 122 that I didn't know about, let me know, and I'll me- I'll mention it in show 123. Yeah. So let us, comment, let us know why 122 is so interesting. I have I have a feeling that. The Dieter, our man Dieter, that gets on and uh, puts some comments, I think he might be a bit of a mathematician. So, yeah. All right, Dieter, help me out. Let me know what's interesting about 122. Yeah, can hardly wait. (laughs) Be so exciting. All right, thanks, everybody. Thanks for watching, and thanks for uh, all your words of wisdom, Alloys. (laughs) Thank you, Jeffrey. We will see you all tomorrow night, folks. See you tomorrow. Bye.